Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me. My name is Bradley Shaw, and today on Between the Covers, I'm talking with new author Kate Hassan. Her book, Following Dharma, is just recently released and is available everywhere that great books are sold. To give you a quick snapshot about Kate, um, she writes her bio as through experiences, a challenge to take us out of the mundane, we know change happens, whether we want it to or not. When we align our values, actions and soul, this feeling is our dharma. In other words, heart-centred living. It is in this space the challenges and changes you go through start to have purpose. However, this does not mean it will always be easy. Courage and faith is needed more than ever as our fears lay in the shadows and courage is only ever found in the heart. So Kate is a travel agent and together with her husband, Govan, have a small trekking business in Nepal called Reconnection Treks. Every year, they facilitate groups of interested people to experience Nepal through the genuine lens of love and understanding for culture and its amazing, resilient people. Can you please make welcome Kate Hansen? Hello, Kate. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. And uh, congratulations on the book, Following Dharma. That's Thank very exciting. You. Yes, it's been a um, it's been a long time coming. Put it that way, <laughs> but we got that's here. right. That's right, and it's part of that journey that you're on. Obviously, I mean, you you do have a very um, philosophical, spiritual look at the world, uh, and of course, that's captured in your book. But tell everybody listening more so uh, in the specifics of what they're going to expect when, when they read when they get a hold of your book. Well, I'm hoping that um, it sparks a desire to look at life through a different perspective and to perhaps see beyond the surface and look a little bit deeper. Um, I'm hoping that people find some comfort also, potentially if they're struggling in their lives or questioning things about the path they're on or where where they're heading, Um, and it gives them some courage to reflect and maybe make some changes in their life um, and to recognise that, you know, sometimes even though we can't see it in the midst of all the the mayhem and darknesses and things that are being thrown at us, that um, once we make a choice and we step into that, often the universe responds in kind. And so, you know, as as we've all heard the saying, you know, life happens for us um, and all we need to do is really show up for it. So, you know, I, I think that's sort of my hope for people and that they realise that they're not alone in their, their quest for meaning and um, connection in life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We do get bogged down in our own little own little worries and, and focuses. So now you travelled to Nepal early, well, in 2013, mm-hmm. was your first trip, and the incubus for this book came about through those trips as you went through with your husband. Um, tell us about how that inspired the book and, and what impacts those trips had to help you bring those the book up to what it is today. Well, um, without going right back to the very, very beginning, um, mm-hmm. 2013 was my first uh, trip to Nepal and it was a brief trip. It was a two or three-week trip, but I recall at the time having this deep sense of 
um, I wasn't finished. I didn't have closure and I wanted to go back there and explore it further. I wasn't expecting to receive what I got out of that trip. So um, two years later when the opportunity came up again um, in 2015, I made the um, decision to to go again and um, that's, I guess, where the book started from. So the Nepal earthquake happened in the April of 20, uh, 2015 and I was in my week three of my trip there and that, I guess, was the catalyst for the rest of it and making some pretty big life decisions after that that changed everything that was happening in my life. So, And the book came from that. So I started blogging about my journey probably later on in that year because I stayed in Nepal then um, to continue, um, I don't know, giving back to the community. I wanted to I felt that they'd given so much to me just in my little short three-week stint and um, I just felt that it was wrong just to leave them in the midst of that that um, suffering at that time. So I stayed and then because I stayed, um, I then started blogging about it. Mm. Yeah, wow. And that's an experience that many wouldn't understand or comprehend as such. I mean, we don't thankfully get a lot of um, earthquakes in Australia as that such, but um, mm. in that country, in that part of the world, they do. Um, were you impacted by the earthquake itself directly or were you more in the in the sort of just afterthrows of seeing the, the damages and such? Well, I was in the middle of it, um, but mm. I was just lucky where I was located that um, there was no damage to my immediate environment and the wow. people there, so thank God. Um, we were just, I suppose, in awe and shock of, of that that moment, what had happened. And mm. then after that, when I started um, making my way back to my guest house was when I saw the damage that was that had happened around me. And I guess that was when it sort of hit me, wow, I was just in an earthquake and um, I'm still breathing. So it must be, you know, yeah. I'm okay. What, what else can I do um, to help others? So it took a few minutes to sink in. It was all pretty surreal. And then after that, um, I stayed at the guest house with um, the owners and we started um, providing a safe space for people to come and get support and wow. um, direct, you know, just directing traffic really. There's a lot of uh, travellers, young travellers in particular, mm. that needed to know um, that there was some people to help them where they need to go to get out or what do they need to do. Mm. Yeah. Wow. No, it's a it's very noble and uh, brave of you as well. I mean, there, there's always that that element of aftershock and uh, other continuous things, but obviously, luckily, that maybe um, didn't happen as as you know as it can. So, through that experience, you mentioned earlier the perspectives of how you're hoping people read the book and change or get you know see things in in different ways um, outside of themselves. Was this inspired because of those communities and because of those humbled people in that? Technically, the third world element of the of that country that you see it as a reflection to Western how we take so much for granted or perceive so much tragedy or drama in our own lives that isn't really um, to the levels of which we should worry about when you think about other people's you know, missing out on just basics. Um, is that what you were referring to? Is that what you were inspired by with these people? I think, in, yeah, I think what happened for me was. I'd often, I actually, I, prior to going to Nepal, I did suffer a little bit from depression and some um, other small mental health issues, I guess, like anyone who's who's going through struggles in life. Um, and I was often frustrated um, by a lot of things. And, and going to Nepal and experiencing that really um, lifted the veil for me. It was like I could suddenly see things a lot clearer. And being aware of um, 
the realness of everything and the rawness of everything allowed me to actually let go of this need to be perfect, I guess, or this need to be something. Um, the people there, despite the hardships, despite their their level um, uh, of living and quality of life in relation to the Western um, standards, they just seemed happy. And even though there was issues and the same things are happening there, people are struggling with, you know, finances and all the things that we have here, but their ability to cope with their resilience, their community um, spirit and the way they help each other, um, the connection they have with each other, the time they have with each other was just so um, healing for me. I just, what it made me actually realise that the Australia, you know, we have this misconception that everything here is, you know, people travel, oh, we're, it's better or, you know, we're at a higher standard of living. And and if you look at it from a real um I guess, materialistic perspective, that may be true. But if you start going deeper and, and looking at the modern woes of society around health and wellness and mental health, um, I would say, you know, that the countries like Nepal are doing better because they have mm. a sense of um, joy and happiness in the small things in life and the small yeah. wins and the, um, they're still connected to nature. They still are able to... Um, find time to spend time together on a regular basis. And and I yeah. really love that, you know, simple things like sitting with my mother-in-law, peeling garlic and, and onions to cook a meal um, in Nepal, you know, would take an hour, you know. And <laughs> and in, in Australia, you know, I can cook a meal in 15 minutes flat, you know, like <laughs> um, just being able to take that time there and yeah. recognise the quality in those connections with um, each other, with the women. Um, mm. and families and things like that and that yeah. was a big part of my I guess healing around understanding um some of the things that I was struggling with in Australia I suppose yeah yeah and bigger isn't always better and you know yeah. being busy isn't always beneficial and we do we we overstress and overcomplicate and we have a lot of things that we do take for granted and that's just western mm. culture it's been like that for you know a hundred years it's always been the way uh and as you say those countries have survived and sustained for thousands and thousands of years pretty much in, in some formats as as they have been for you know as they're comfortable and happy and they're wonderful uh, people mm. for it yeah. um and you do learn you, you and you've got that perspective and that's that's noble for you too like it gives you that sense of self that that you can use here and, and sustain your own lifestyle now just a, a question as well. Now, your last trip obviously would have been before COVID. You wouldn't have been able to travel through in, during COVID. Did you get back there? Have you been back since COVID, um, been able to get back there in the last yeah. few years? Um, so we got back last year for a month, um, which was great. Um, actually, no, two months. And we ran a small tour um, with a trekking group up to um, up a mountain called Marty Himmel, and mm -hmm. that brought us up close to one of the sacred mountains in Nepal, Fishtail, and it was fabulous. Um, so we, you know, we're definitely starting to ramp things up about again and getting more people across, and Good. that was great. And then we were back there again, actually, just uh, May this year, 2023, oh. for my son's wedding. So my son <laughs> decided to follow in my footsteps, which is a bit bizarre, and he's married um, a local Nepali girl as oh. well. So he's now going. Congratulations! To yeah, so he's doing the same thing, doing the visa thing, and um, oh, wow. having that. Yeah. So <laughs> is he staying over there, or is he coming home? He's, he's back here at the moment. He's oh, just getting some money at the moment, and he'll be heading back good. in a Lovely. few months again, hopefully. So, so just to build that to the question, I was curious of is before COVID and before the events, and of course the experiences you had, did you notice 
anything going back after COVID that, that changed or that, that was the culture still the same? Were they still, again, optimistic and happy? Has there been an impact to them through that process that we all experienced? Oh, I think, look, there's definitely been an impact um, to their communities um, because a lot of them do rely heavily on tourism um, for their finances. However, I think, again, their ability to adapt um, and their resilience really showed. I noticed when we did go back there was a lot of people who um, were doing different type of businesses who had changed or got out of the business they were in before and started up something new. Um there was a lot of uh, revamps and refurbishing going on, so a lot of businesses Good. went the time to do that. Um, yeah, I think generally speaking, in the villages, it didn't really make a big impact. Yeah, and I and from what I understand through my husband too, whilst in the beginning a lot of the people were very fearful of this pandemic, it didn't take long till they made a, a very interesting decision for themselves because. If you're living out in a village and you're being told you've got to stay in lockdown because you might um, infect somebody else with COVID and but you can't attend to your crops and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't feed your family, at some point you make the decision, well, I'd rather take the risk to do that mm-hmm. than stay indoors, which is pretty much what happened. And through that, I guess they all learnt that it wasn't that um, deadly after all. Yep. And so the decision they made very quickly was just to get on with their lives and not worry yeah. about it. Mm. Do you think we do you think we overemphasize that issue in the Western culture in Australia and America absolutely. and such? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think we did do. <laughs> I think there was a major a major overzealousness about the whole campaign, and I'm not disputing that it was affected to someone and, and uh, affected uh, many people. But uh, and it was a health issue, and there were means we could all control, as you say, without being isolated and, and locked out of our whole lifestyle, and that was probably the detriment to it, the whole thing. Um, but that's another political issue. For your book, um, I think you've captured that uh, elements that you want to share in the poll. I think everybody listening, if you uh, would love to get a picture of, of what Kate is referring to in the sense of her experiences through this beautiful country and through these people, uh, please grab a copy of this book. It's called Following Dharma, which is basically, as we said earlier, following your heart. Um, and yeah, please uh, enjoy this amazing journey. And I'm sure there'll be more to come. Is there more to come, Kate? Have we got some more um, yeah, got- <laughs> stories and thoughts coming? <laughs> yeah, I've got lots to say, actually. Um, <laughs> now that I've sort of put it out there and started looking at it, I do want to write a lot more about it. And I'm I'm planning Good. to be back there maybe in the next 18 months or so and actually spend some time sitting in the country and sharing a Good. lot more about, yeah, cultural understanding. Well, there you go. And that's it, people. If you can... Um, get a hold of this book, enjoy it. Also, you can reach out to uh, Kate personally and, and, and book an interest if you're interested. Uh, Reconnection Treks is the name of the uh, business that facilitates the groups that takes uh, people through Nepal. Uh, and Kate would love to meet you and talk to you and, and give you a first-hand experience as well. Uh, the book is available everywhere books are sold. Um, you can go to your local bookstore if they don't have it and order it. You can ask at your library and you can buy it anywhere online. Um, thank you, Kate, for your time today. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> Pleasure. And everybody listening, stay well, stay stay healthy, support independent authors and support the industry, and we thank you for listening. And until next time, stay well and uh, be good to each other. Thank you all. Bye. Thanks. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.